Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. Oh, oh he got another one. Get going. Otani has done it again. Complete game shutout. Check. Two homers in the nightcap. Check. Incredible show, hey. Just hope he's okay. I, I, I can't believe this. Two home runs back to back. Unbelievable. That man threw a one hit shutout. Yeah, yeah. With John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode. Because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. Two hours down, one hour to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It's been a great, fun-filled show on an easy Friday. We're an hour away from the weekend. I know you're getting close, too. And hopefully you stay cool out there because it is pretty hot. Uh, but it's still uh, sunny outside. It's still getting closer to football season, just 36 days away from Razor Rec football. Uh, we can smell it. We can feel it. It's, and we know it's upon us, and we look forward to it each and every day as the season comes nearer. But with uh, all the things going on in college football, we'll talk about Arkansas. We'll talk about conference expansion. We'll talk about the SEC. We'll do it all with our guy, Michael Bratton, who joins us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. And he is part of that SEC podcast. And Mike, as always, we appreciate you joining us, man. How's everything going this afternoon? Oh, doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, just looking over some point spreads here for opening weekend. So that, that's when you know the season's right around the corner. Oh, yeah. So uh, what what, uh, what are you looking at for uh, for Arkansas and uh, some of the other games? What, what are we looking at here? Well, unfortunately, in the SEC, we don't have a lot of competitive games. I'm seeing some... <laughs> Some 40-point spreads, some 38s, but uh, Florida at Utah. Utah favored by eight. That's pretty interesting. North Carolina, South Carolina. North Carolina favored by three. That's one. And then the big one on uh, Sunday, I believe, LSU, Florida State. LSU's favored by two right now in Orlando. Wow. Uh, so we got a couple good games to, to keep an eye on. What do you think about that North Carolina-South Carolina game? Because that's something that it seems like they should play that game a little more often. Yeah, they, that's one where they played, I'm trying to remember, uh, I think it was, I don't think it was the last year of Will Muschamp, but it may have been. But, I mean, he lost that to North Carolina. They were basically done with him. Uh, I know Shane Beamer beat him a couple years ago in the bowl game. That was, that was his first bowl win. But uh, it, that's a big one. Drake Drake May, I believe, is the North Carolina guy's quarterback's name. He's a top prospect, Spencer Rattler. Uh, I, I believe they've already announced College Game Day is going to be there. So that's a fun game, but the fact that uh, College Game Day is going to be there, I, I think that kind of gives you an indication that we don't have a lot of huge games week one. They're, it's more week two is when the season really gets kicked in a high gear. So why is that, Mike? Because every single year it seemed like there was a, an opening game with it's like Bama, USC, and Dallas, or uh, you know Georgia, Clemson, and Atlanta. Every year it seemed like there was always at least one, possibly two, in some cases three huge games. But this year, why why is there not really the same draw that you've had in previous years for big games in the first week? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know. I don't know if that's because. You know, ESPN also, they, they tend to pick games that are ABC, so you, you almost kind of leave off the Fox games and all the Big Ten games and all that. But uh, like I said, I mean, a lot of the, the the games, and the marquee one is at LSU Florida State, but because it's a Sunday, you know, that would just, 
they're not going to get people to show up at a neutral site a day early to, to hype up a college game day. Uh, we're just really lacking right out the gate. And maybe a part of that, John, is, is they're getting away from these neutral site games, thankfully. I mean, there's there's a handful left, but there for a couple of years. I mean, that, that's what week one was. I, I'm glad they're getting away from all that, but week two, man, there's some big-time games. And, and the one, of course, most have circled is uh, Texas at Alabama, but another interesting one is A&M at Miami because the the rails could come off early for them Aggies if they lose to Miami. Also, Mike, as you mentioned, you know, there's a big game on Sunday. That opening week, they want to have games lined up from Wednesday through Monday going into to, uh, Labor Day weekend, so they do have to spread it out more in a sense than having some of those big games on Saturday only. They want to have it throughout the week. Yeah, I mean, they're going to take advantage of the NFL not being on just yet. So it makes sense from a from that perspective. But uh, I know they got to hate these Monday night games <laughs> if, you're, if you're a player. Uh, Clemson is playing on Monday, believe it or not, against Duke. I'm sure they got a cupcake the next week, though, to uh, kind of combat the lack of rest there. And TCU Colorado, they play that first week, but like you mentioned, that's a Fox game, so they're not going to pay attention to that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of all weird politics of ESPN and all that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just scrolling here. There's just, I mean, nationally televised on ABC week one, Boise State against Washington. I mean, I think Washington is supposed to be pretty good, but who cares about that game? That that gives you an indication of what we're looking at here week one for some reason, which probably means we're going to get some wild upsets. Whenever we think college football is going to be dull, uh, that's usually when it's the most exciting. Uh, let's hope that's the case, Mike. And I know that after your SEC Media Days uh, experience, and uh, you actually just put out and tweeted out uh, your official and full breakdown of Arkansas fall camp preview, record predictions, and everything, and uh, you guys did, of course, a great job on that SEC podcast of, of putting it all together. We've talked to you about Arkansas, but just out, outside of media days, was there anything that has changed your mind or has maybe made you adjust some things as far as what you think about Arkansas just from what media days happened? Or is it just that didn't, it didn't do anything for you? You're still feeling the same way that you did a few weeks ago. No, I mean, honestly, I, so I've, I'm right there with the official ballot. I got Arkansas fifth in the West, but I kind of come out of there thinking – Maybe I'm a little too low on Arkansas. I mean, I, I certainly think they can be better than Ole Miss, even though that's not where I ranked them on my official poll. I kind of wish I, I had a redo there. Uh, but, again, I mean, the fact that A&M and Jimbo, he cannot, for the life of him, say that Bobby Petrino's be going to be calling the plays when I've talked to people that said, without a shadow of, the, of a doubt, Bobby Petrino is going to be calling the plays. Why Jimbo cannot get himself to say that? I mean, I don't think that's a huge deal right now, but it just goes to show, uh, you know, that the his ego is or something is hurting there that he can't just openly say that. So that I, I think that could be trouble. Again, I, I look at that early game against Miami. They're going to be favored on the road. They should beat Miami, but Texas A&M should win a lot of games. They don't. Uh, things could go sideways quickly for the Aggies, and if they do, Arkansas is going to be a prime team to jump them in the standings. So, heck, I mean, Arkansas could be a top three SEC West team when it's all said and done. Would Arkansas be the team that you would say would be a surprise team then as far as in the SEC that could finish better than expected? Yeah, without a doubt, Joe, because I think they've got the best quarterback in the SEC, maybe the best running back in the SEC, and maybe the best one-two duo in the backfield there in the country uh, uh, to go along with an incredibly loaded running back room. And just seems like Sam Pittman's so fired up with his coaching staff this year, and, and that's not trying to be disrespectful to the coaches they had, because I had a ton of respect for Barry Odom and Kendall Browse. I think they did a overall an outstanding job but uh you know he seems pretty positive about the direction of where things are going with the changes and sometimes you just need a change uh particularly 
with the way things were going on the defensive side of the ball. Again, that's no disrespect to Barry Odom, but uh, I think change will be good for the for the Arkansas defense, and I would not be surprised. I think they like it that people are underrating them as opposed to kind of, I may have been overblowing them this time last year. Hmm. We're speaking with Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. So, Mike, we're just looking at Arkansas since Sam Pittman's arrived. This is his fourth season. Uh, there's been some mainstays. There's been some guys that have been around for the most part. But just looking at the overall roster, how do you feel like this one ranks compared to his other rosters that he's had in previous years? It may not have the Traylon Burks. It may not have the, the Drew Sanders. But just the, in general, the depth, the, the talent, everything, where would you say this ranks or compares to his previous rosters in the previous three years? Yeah, I think it's fair to say at or near the very top because uh, I've said it, I believe, on this show. I've, I've said it many other places. I mean, Lane Kiffin gets billed as the portal king, and more power to him for adding 30 transfers every offseason. But I don't think it's, what's important is the number. I think what's important is you taking guys, developing them, and getting them to the NFL. And Sam Pittman and company have done that better than anybody in the transfer portal. And you just look at what they continue to do in the portal to help that receiver, to help a tight end, to help all across that defense. Um, you know, a lot of people thought when we were getting this portal that Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State and all the teams at the top were just going to pick apart everybody's roster. But I think it's been more the teams that are in the power leagues, like the SEC, like the Big Ten, but specifically the SEC, teams trying to close that gap they have been able to capitalize on it, add a ton of talent, add experienced, high-productive players across college football. And Arkansas seemingly has done that to every level on their defense. So, yeah, I, I think this roster is right up there with, with all of them that Sam Pittman's had. Arkansas' strength, of course, is quarterback, running back. When you look at this Razorback football team, what would be the biggest concern? Probably secondary, because that was such a... And, and saying that, Joe, I mean, they've got some stand, uh, standout corners. So it is not saying they don't have high-level uh, players there, but safety specifically is an issue. I think receiver, again, I don't know if that we can call that a, a issue, but I think that's a question mark. And this staff, that's a, something that they've proven that they can bring in these transfers and be highly productive. They had two come into the program last year, and they finished top ten in the SEC in receiving yards. We'll see if they can manage that kind of high-level production once again. But a lot of unknowns at receiver. And I think Arkansas, with KJ, with Rocket and company, they're going to have to outscore people. So people are going to stack the box. They're going to make KJ beat him with his arm, which we know he can do. But it's more of a question of, which of these receivers will step up, uh, that, that's a, probably a big question mark, too, for me. So, Mike, also, I know that we talked about KJ and Rocket Sanders and, and these guys, but is there a player that maybe is a newcomer on Arkansas or maybe is a guy from last year that didn't play much that you look at could be a breakout player for Arkansas, a guy that you're really going to be watching? Yeah, and I think it's kind of easy coming off media days. Uh, and it's Landon Jackson, just seeing him in person and hearing what he did in the spring and it started to come on late last season. But he seems like a potential game wrecker, and they're going to need him to be that, uh, particularly if the secondary is, uh, again, if it remains a question mark, the best way to solve that is not lock down corners. It's getting to the quarterback. I think Landon Jackson is an obvious one to, to be a breakout candidate for the Razorbacks. Arkansas has had some issues with Missouri, and that's the last game of the season. But when you look at Arkansas' schedule, what's the game that you have circled to say they really need to take care of business in this game? Yeah, well, I don't want to steal Josh because he's been—he's the one that turned me on to Texas A&M. How crucial, critical that is for the season. So I, I won't go there, even though that—that's probably the correct answer. Uh, I mean, two in my mind at LSU. Because LSU may be overhyped. They may, you know, I don't want to uh, forecast injuries on anybody, but if they suffer an injury or two at, at critical positions, they could be thin, even though I think they'll be really good. But I think the one 
is at Florida. Because you, you got two weeks to prepare. I think Florida's going to be awful this year, but I could be, you know, <laughs> year two bump. If you're a good coach, Billy Napier will have that team much improved if he's good. I, I'm not sold on that. But I think that's one where, you know, that's a, that's a true toss-up game. Now, if it was in Razorback Stadium, I, I would lean heavily towards Arkansas. But it's in the swamp. It is late in the year. It's after they catch Georgia. So they're probably going to catch a beating. It sets up really well for Arkansas to go to Florida and win. But if they can't beat the Florida Gators, uh, it, it could be a – it could be a rough season for the Razorbacks because I, I think if they can't beat Florida, I don't know if they can beat Auburn, Missouri, Mississippi State because I think Florida is going to be worse than all those teams. Okay, expand upon that a, a bit, Mike. Uh, that you, how you know what is it that you see with Florida that makes you think they're going to be that bad, and also with LSU that they may not be as good as advertised. Well. How much time you got? Because Florida, <laughs> they got problems all over the, the, the roster. I mean, Billy Napier, you know, what some of these coaches do, like Ryan Kelly last year, which, you know, more power to him, it, it works. But basically it's a mass exodus when a lot of these coaches come. And Billy Napier kind of did it backwards. He's, he, he went to war with these guys, and about a quarter of them basically quit on him. So, and now, a year into the program, he had 30, 35 guys leave the program. I, I think that's almost a year too late. They were ground and pound last year. Uh, they lose four or five on the offensive line. That's the, the identity of what he wants to be as a running football team. Can you do that with one returning starter on the offensive line? We saw what this offense was without Anthony Richardson against Oregon State in the bowl game. They Florida's got this incredible streak of like 900 games where they scored, they had to kick a field goal as basically as time expired to score against Oregon State. They were down 30 points. They kicked a field goal to keep that worthless streak going. That um, They just got problems all over the roster. They don't have any good receivers, at least all SEC caliber. Uh, the defense was maybe the worst in Florida history, and they just hired a 29-year-old defensive coordinator that's, you know, he was so-so at, at Southern Miss. Uh, they're lacking depth. They're lacking talent. So I, I think Florida, I've got them voted sixth in the East. I, they got, And I think they got the worst starting quarterback in the SEC. Let's throw that into the mix, too. Uh, there are a lot of problems with the Florida Gators. Uh, now, LSU, when it comes to, they got some elite talent across the board, but specifically on defense, if God forbid something happens to Harold Perkins, they don't have another. I mean, he's a game record. Mason Smith, potential All-American on the defensive line, he got hurt the first series against Florida State. He didn't play again, so he's coming off the injury. Uh, they just, they've just they got high-end talent. Makai Wingo next to him on the defensive line. They just added a linebacker who was all Pac-12 and Omar Spates. Uh, but they're, they're kind of like Arkansas to where they've, they've essentially had to bring in an entire new secondary via the transfer portal, and they're hoping those guys mesh but what if they don't? What if they don't fit the scheme? What if they don't fit the culture? And one of those guys got thrown off of A&M's team for allegedly using drugs in the locker room before a game. So um, character is potentially an issue, too, for LSU. How do they handle expectations? They came out of nowhere last year, and they, they exceeded expectations. Can, can Brian Kelly handle adversity? Can he handle expectations? In the SEC, that is yet to be seen. Well, Mike, I know we've talked a lot of SEC, but uh, we just got a couple minutes with you. I, I just wanted your thoughts on the current situation with uh, expansion, especially with the Pac-12. Uh, it, everyone's abandoning ship. It certainly seems like they're just like floating away and kind of delaying the inevitable that it's a conference that may be in serious trouble. Just how do you see the next few weeks maybe playing out? Uh, will there be other teams jumping ship? And uh, do you think that the Pac-12 will inevitably uh, close down and everybody will disband? Well, John, I, I'll put it this way. I heard someone say, can SMU save the Pac-12? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would have said that uh, a couple years ago. <laughs> if that's where they're at, they're already dead in the water. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see what uh, Arizona and Arizona State do, because I think they're that's kind of a package deal. They make a ton of sense uh, in the Big 12 with Colorado going. I mean, 
Colorado should have just never went to the to the Pac-12. I mean, that was kind of dumb. Uh, but really, I, my focus would be on the, the Arizona schools and what happens with Oregon and Washington, because I think those are, are two schools that uh, would seem to be very attractive. But also, I don't know if the TV money is there. And I think even the SEC found that where, you know, I think there's more factors than that. But you would think with Texas and Oklahoma and a nine-game schedule potentially on the docket here, they would be able to get more money for the television contract, and they were unable to do it. So I think a lot of these television networks may be at a at a breaking point right now. So that that may curb some of this, but we'll see. They're starting to have to look at alternatives like going to streaming services. That <laughs> is uh, where everybody seems to be sending their focus now outside of some of these big net- networks. Yeah, they may be watching uh, my show, That SEC Podcast, and, to, and on YouTube like everybody else, watching the Pac-12 Network. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much uh, life it's got left, that's for sure. Yeah, that's say Flow Sports is always everybody's favorite thing. Maybe they can get a contract with they them. They show all sports. They, they do. do have that going. They do, so they'll just add the Pac-12 and make that uh, keep going, too. Who knows? But uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. Mike, as always, dude, appreciate you joining us. Uh, enjoy the summer, and hopefully you stay cool out there. It's hot here in Arkansas. I'm sure it's hot over there where you're at. But as always, we appreciate you joining us, man. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks for having me, guys. All right, appreciate it. Again, that was Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast joining us on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. We are going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll get to some uh, other text messages and headlines and things that we got to dive into and keep it moving here on an easy Friday show. We want to hear from you. If you want in on a conversation, the next segment's your last chance. So if you call or text in, 501-661-1037. More Out of Bounds coming up next. Listen for Coach Kevin Kelly Wednesdays during the Zone, presented by the Little Rock Athletic Club. An all-indoor pickleball facility coming soon to Little Rock Athletic Club, online at lrac.com. This is SportsCenter. In NFL news, Cincinnati quarterback Joe Burrow was carted off the practice field yesterday with a strained calf. He's thought to be fine, but this is the fourth straight preseason where Burrow has dealt with an injury issue. Dolphins cornerback Jalen Ramsey will undergo knee surgery for an injury sustained in practice. He was carted off the field for reportedly a meniscus injury. Miami acquired him from the Rams this March. In Major League Baseball, the Angels won both games of their doubleheader against the Tigers. In Game 1, Shohei Otani threw his first complete game shutout of his career, striking out eight and allowing just one hit. In Game 2, he went two for three at the plate, hitting two home runs. And the Arkansas Travelers fell to the Northwest Arkansas Naturals 3-1 to last night. They'll play again tonight at 7.05. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Gary Hill with MSS Oil presents Countdown to Kickoff Tuesday, August 1st at the Hall. Tickets on sale at 1037thebuzz.com. Brought to you by Oakland Sports, Tito's Handmade Vodka, the Gangster Museum of America, Ortho, Arkansas, Party Rental and Events, and Corky's Ribs and Barbecue. Hey, thanks for listening to us, everybody. We're only 40 minutes from Little Rock, Saracen Casino. And let me tell you, if you join the Players Club here, which I hope you realize what a smart move that is, you become part of the family. Heck, I even got mail from Saracen at the house this week. Yeah, that mail probably has free play in it. It has invitations to things like slot tournaments. Don't ask me what that is. That's a long story, but they're a lot of fun. We give away $50,000 every time we do one. Free play, free gifts, comps, you name it. And if you're not a member of the Players Club, well, you're not doing it right. It's free to join. You get free play even when you sign up. But most important, most relevant, I guess, today is if you're not a member of the Players Club, you're not earning credit for your play, and you're not earning entries for this Mercedes-Benz we're giving away tomorrow night. It's all right. Folks have won on their first or second trip, and so come down, see us, stack those entries up, come back tomorrow, and see if you can't win a Mercedes-Benz at the Saracen Casino Saturday night. Attention Saline County car owners who need a free car wash. Splash Car Wash is now open in Bryant, celebrating with free best washes all week long. You'll leave feeling amazing because your ride looks so good and you didn't spend a dime. Free car washes this week only at Splash Car Wash, Reynolds Road in Bryant. This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use law enforcement siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention. Like telling you if you get a speeding ticket, it doesn't end there. You have to pay expensive fines. 
You can't go to your friend's wedding because that also costs money. And your insurance rates could increase. See? We didn't have to use law enforcement sirens after all. Getting a speeding ticket has consequences. Sooner or later, speeding catches up with you. Brought to you by the Arkansas State Police Highway Safety Office. This is for the men who never settle. The ones who believe only quitters and a game and a tie. The type of guys who choose the bar with the biggest TVs to overcompensate for theirs at home. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Sitting here chatting with my pal Carlton, and uh, I got to admit, Carlton, I'm not much of a scientist, but I've been working on an idea that maybe we could figure out a way listeners could actually taste some of the food when they're listening to us from these great restaurants at Saracen Casino. What do you think? It's never going to (laughs) work. I do think, though, that um, you should just come down and see us. I mean, you you get in your car if you're in Little Rock. It's 46 miles down 530. You take exit 46, you're on our land, and you're there. Just come taste the food. Um, I I don't think your invention is going to work, Tom. I I don't mean to bust your bubble. You're my buddy, and I owe it to you to be honest. Come see us. (laughs) Red Oak's been named Arkansas's best restaurant several years in a row. Buffet's insane, and the sports bar's been named best sports bar in Arkansas by the Democrat Gazette. Doesn't get much better than that. So, you know, whether you want a Reuben sandwich or you want a Kobe steak or something in the middle, we got it. We also have a Mercedes-Benz convertible we're giving away tomorrow night. So come see us. 40 minutes from Little Rock. Come win. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Coach, I asked you what the host of this party was going to be serving up today. What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. On 1037 The Buzz. It is an easy Friday show here on Out of Bounds. Appreciate everybody listening in today and appreciate Michael Bratton of that SEC podcast joining us in the previous segment. As we're getting closer and closer to football season, closer to the weekend, too. I think that's probably what's more pressing at this point in time. Uh, but uh, we'll have some messages and some uh, some phone calls and everything to get to here in this segment. But I thought this was kind of a cool thing, Joe. So, you know, well, Sean McCoy, who has play, played in the NFL for a very long time and uh, is uh, a guy that uh, was known for playing with the Buffalo Bills. At least that's what I always think of when I think of LaShawn McCoy. But uh, he was on the Pardon My Take podcast with uh, Barstool Sports. And he was actually asked about uh, his favorite player to play with, not a quarterback. So it's like he had to go with somebody else. And I thought the uh, answer was uh, was pretty telling, but also uh, pretty funny, too. And I want to say my best player ever played with was um, no quarterbacks, right? No quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. This dude named Jason Peters. Oh yeah, he's a uh, an office alignment. Yeah, mm-hmm. beast, beast, absolute beast. monster. That's what I ever played with. Playing against dudes like Bob Millers to to Demarcus Ware when Demarcus Ware was like that. No double teams. He would yell at me if I would go chip block for him. Shady, get your little ass away from here. That's what he would tell. Me. <laughs> get your little ass away from here. And he would he would block one on one. So he's probably my best. So I thought it was pretty cool that that uh, is cool. Uh, he, he talked about Jason Peters, which we all know, of course, went to Arkansas, played tight end, was a, is an NFL Hall of Fame uh, offensive lineman. But the fact that uh, he'd be going up, getting mad if uh, Lashawn McCoy or anybody was trying to help him block, he's like, no, 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 get away from me, get away from me. So uh, that, I thought that was a pretty cool story too. And because uh, uh, Jason's not playing anymore, right? I know that he's always gotten chances. Or... He played for the Cowboys last year, and it does seem like this time of the year. With injuries happening, there's a team out there that will give him a call, so we'll see. Yeah, because he's, geez, what was it? He graduated U of A in 03, I think, was his final year. So you're talking about 20 years, essentially, if he uh, gets a spot on the roster. And to think about the longevity for any player that long, but especially an offensive lineman, uh, that does not happen very often. But just shows the, the many, great athlete Many of he them is. don't play into their 40s, and he's a case of, Somebody who's gotten there. No, I mean he's he's an NFL Hall of Fame player, well, without question. And it's just always cool to me that him and Sean Andrews were on the same team on that offensive. Well, I know again, Jason Peters played tight end, 
Uh, but it, it went to show you the athleticism he had, where he was tight in, but yet he was still like six six, three hundred pounds. Because he, he just showed you how well he could move. Because it's like we we love you here, but you're so athletic for your size. Just put you at tight end and and do some big things. So wonder if, it always makes me wonder if he would have played now in modern college football. Would he have? Uh, would they put him on the offensive line and and you know made him have that, or maybe would they try him at tight end and try to? Maybe just make depends it work. on uh, you know where, where his uh, body was as far as weight wise. He was a heavier tight end at the time, but not as heavy as he got playing offensive line. Mm. I remember that story. We had Blake Eddins on this show a few years ago. It was actually during COVID, and I remember he told the story of uh, when three football players tried out for the basketball team and the walk-ons, and uh, it was Matt Jones, of course, who ended up making the team, Nathan Ball, and Jason Peters, and he said Jason Peters. Uh, the only thing about it was just the uh, the the conditioning that he couldn't you know keep up with the forty minutes of how you know style couldn't keep up. But he says he was the most gifted athlete he's ever seen at that size, where he could he was almost three hundred pounds standing underneath the goal and could jump up and dunk it with two hands, like just a freak athlete. Yeah, Matt always talks about the type of athlete that Jason Peters was. Also, yeah, he and Sean Andrews. Yeah. Sean Andrews more so on the football field, but he said he has some moves on the court, too. Yeah, because so Sean and Matt were both from Arkansas, but uh, Jason Peters was not from Arkansas, I don't think. He is from Texas. I wanted to, Yeah, I want to say it was from Texas, something like that. But, yeah, just three incredible athletes all on the same football team at the same time. Uh, just, just ones that uh, you, you just can't replicate, <laughs> especially with Matt Jones and Jason Peters. Like, people that size, that ability, and having that speed and that athleticism, just... Something you uh, you can't even uh, imagine, but yeah, that was, I thought that was a pretty cool thing there from uh, from Jason Peters. Also uh, from the five hundred one, our text line says, "I sold uh, Jason Peters a truck in Conway, and back in two thousand and six. All right, cool. He says he was extremely nice. Yeah, I've heard good things about Jason Peters and and him being a pretty cool guy." Lorenzo Robinson Zoe says, "Queen City, Texas. Queen City, Texas. Thank you, Zoe. Yeah, he uh, yeah, because I don't even think he was that highly recruited coming out of high school either." Um, I know Jason Peters, de- or uh, Sean Andrews definitely was, but I'd have to go back and see what his, quote, star ranking was back then, but I think that's what the story was. Uh, also on our text line, too, this comes from the 479. Uh, we were talking about uh, Sean Payton and everything. It says, uh, Sean Payton and Deion Sanders are going to fail this year in the state of Colorado. So, thinking that all the trash talk that they're throwing around is not going to pay off for them there in Colorado. That's what they're wanting. Mm-hmm. Keep doubting them. I probably have, this season at least, a little bit more faith in uh, Sean Payton doing some big things with the Broncos more so than Dion, and it's only because Dion's his first year there and he's trying to build the roster. I'm not saying he'll be bad at all, but uh, it seems like Sean Payton definitely has the tools and the weapons to be able to compete for a Super Bowl, and Colorado may still be a year or two away from, from getting to that point. But We got another text that when we were talking about KD, Kevin Durant, KD for president. wonder why. wonder why they would want him as president. Like maybe it's because of what we discussed in Kevin Durant. So, yeah, that's that's pretty funny. Uh, also, this comes from the Asher Record Life fan feedback. It says, football fanatic, wow, what a summer. The Yellowstone TV show is imploding. College football is imploding with NIL. NFL running back contracts are imploding, etc. Which college football conference will implode next? Well, I think the Pac-12 is the one that uh, everyone's feeling. I think all the other conferences are pretty much fine. In fact, the ACC even said that they're looking to expand. So they're, they're doing fine. It's just the Pac-12 that seems to be the one that's gotten the biggest issues at this point. Well, that's what's going to happen when the other conferences see that there's potential to land teams from one of the conferences. Then they all want to take a look at it and think through the options if there's the ability to add some quality teams. Yeah, I mean, it's it's getting to the point to where you want to – get ahead of the game and if you're in the Pac-12 for instance there's probably Big 12 or Big 10 it's calling up Oregon calling up Stanford calling up Arizona Arizona State just saying hey hey what's what you what you guys feeling right now you don't think the Big 12 would love having Arizona and Arizona State you don't think the Big 10 would love having Stanford and Oregon like they would love to have those teams if they're interested so that's where the Pac-12 I don't know how much longer they can uh, try to hold on to the rope uh, also from the Asher Record Life fan feedback Roy says, I'm curious of what the backup situation is for all of our positions. That is Arkansas's weak point, and we only hear about the starters. How is Navy wrong, John? If that was the case at other schools, saying seven wins is a good season is a loser mentality. 
if that was the case at LSU, Bama, and A&M, and most schools, year three would be it. Roger Scott's in the same boat. This much money being thrown around, selling season tickets, and building a big bar does not bring anything on the field. Well, your final point of that, that has nothing to do with the things on the field. That's for the fans, for one. And two, I don't think anyone's saying that saying only seven wins would be a great season or even a good season. I think it would be a fine season. But an eight-win season is where it would be good. I was looking at, I think what, what Navy was kind of saying is, eight wins or more is fine. Seven wins, if you get to seven wins, it's a failure. Like, I think that it's not that extreme. And that's he what didn't mention seven wins, but he just said anything under eight is a failure. And so, it's just not true when yeah. you're talking about the next number down being seven. Yeah. And also, with your t- points about LSU, Bama, and A&M, okay, well, first off, A&M has had a lot of seven-win seasons or less and they've held on to coaches for a while, like Jimbo, like Kevin Sumlin. Like, that's happened. So I wouldn't throw them into the mix. And also, LSU and Bama are a little bit of a different animal. <laughs> Can't be comparing all the other college football programs to those two schools. LSU, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, USC, like, they're the ones that are kind of the creme de la creme of college football. And not every program is going to be like that, too. And then Earl says on our text line, said Jason Peters went undrafted. That's right. Completely undrafted. And ended up... Uh, Having a highly, I guess he was with the Eagles for the most of his career, right? Yeah, yeah. And Jason Peters was also with the Eagles at one time. Okay. Yes. Okay. And he played for the Eagles, Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've uh, got a little, a little uh, Arkansas flavor up there in Philadelphia too. And then finally, Cole, Cole, uh, Colin Poland says John is uh, getting all the love for his tweet, but I'd like to point out that I sent the zone a text basically saying the same thing. I didn't expand on it to the level he did, but the same train of thought, LOL, great minds, John, about Texas A&M and uh, that being the game. So two, you said two minutes before I tweeted it out. Well, yeah, thank, I appreciate that. But, yeah, it's true, Cole. It's the, it's the same thing. And then also Doug F. says, what ever happened to Club Dub? <laughs> Haven't heard that in a while. I was really hoping never to hear from it in a while. Um, hopefully it is in the lowest depths of the seventh circle of hell. That's uh, where it needs to be and belong and never has to be mentioned again, nor should it be ever mentioned again. Because that was a thing that clubbed up happened once, maybe, that they actually did that. And it was pretty embarrassing. It's pretty embarrassing. They, like, installed, like, strobe lights and DJ music and all of that stuff. There were people celebrating that at the time now. (sighs) There were plenty of people celebrating it. Not not just the team, not just the coaches and the players. There were people that were down with that. Well, if you were down with it, uh, I just hope that you now regret that. (laughs) I hope that you look back, back on yourself and say, I was wrong. I need to repent of those things. Yeah. We don't even need to ever do Club Dub. Just stick with the turn the damn jukebox on and keep it there, all right? That's about the extent of what it needs to be and what it needs to turn into. Same concept there. Yep, same concept, but just resonates a little bit more when the <laughs> wins are actually worth <laughs> celebrating instead of, hey, be Portland State 20-13. to 13. Let's do that, yeah. Stick to, stick to what's going on right now. Just stick to winning games, and the rest of it will follow suit. All right, final segment of Out of Bounds on an Easy Friday show coming up next. We'll get two, three and out, some stories, some headlines, and all that good stuff. And then we'll get you ready for drive time sports. And it's all coming up next, so stay with us. got a Mercedes-Benz convertible here at Saracen Casino that's going to be given away tomorrow night. And I'll tell you, it's just like the continuation of this extravaganza this summer, Carlton. These giveaways are, it's just a, such a fantastic idea. I think only you guys can pull this off. Oh, we love giving away cars. You know, I mean, I, I, I'll let away a little bit of our secret. We love giving away cars. But it also gives us something great to talk about every month. Yes, I mean, sir. what on earth would we be talking about right now if we didn't have a car? <laughs> I mean, I guess we could talk about the 2,000 slot machines and the states-only poker room and, you know, all the other incredible things about Saracen, the award-winning restaurants, all of the incredible things we've got cooking. But 
truthfully, the car is something fun, right? It's as much fun for us to give it away as it is for folks to win it. And this month, it's a Mercedes-Benz convertible. We're doing it big, and, uh, well, we're about 24 hours away. So come see us tomorrow night. Come win a Mercedes-Benz convertible at the Saracen. Hey, folks, it's Joey and Ryan here. What's up? It's summertime. Hey, we got some great Jeep incentives going on right now. 2.9% financing, rebates, discounts on Jeep Grand Cherokee on select models. We've got 1.9 incentivized rate plus $4,000 rebate. So for all you new Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, make that beautiful drive to Heber Springs during the Make This the Summer event. Or check us out on the web at redriverdodge.com or Red River. We deliver. God bless you. Little Rockets Rock City Burger Week, and to celebrate, Brewskies is rolling on a brand new burger. Introducing the Super Smash Burger. It's a third-pound all-American beef double patty smash burger with caramelized onions, double cheese, dill pickle, and our secret sauce on a butter-toasted brioche bun. That's right, Brewskies is jumping into the world of smash burgers. And yep, you heard it right, there's a secret sauce. So come on down and give the new Super Smash Burger a try because it's here for this week and this week only. Brewskies, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. Hey, this is Trey Johnson with HJ Trailer Sales in Hot Springs. You know if there's an accessory for your truck, we carry it. Now, let's talk trailers. Need a trailer to carry your golf cart to the golf course? We got it. Need a trailer to carry your side-by-side to the duck woods? We got it. Need a trailer to carry your cattle to the sale barn? We got it. Need a trailer to carry your bulldozer? We got that too. Trailers from Delta, Stagecoach, BCI, and Good Guys. HJ Trailer Sales, 808 Albert Pike in Hot Springs. Find us on Facebook or online at hjtrailersales.com. It's car giveaway weekend again at Saracen Casino. Got a Mercedes-Benz convertible going to be given away tomorrow night. And also, great, great gaming fun here. You never know when the next big jackpot's going to hit hit on some slot machine. And you take photos of these people when they get these big jackpots, Carlton. Sometimes, you know. Some folks, uh, we call them shy winners. Some folks, maybe they don't want a photo or, or, you know, who knows? That's your business. But if you want, we'll take your picture. And we put some of them on Facebook. Uh, we pay dozens of slot uh, jackpots every day. Dozens. We put uh, just kind of a sample of them on Facebook. I mean, I'll give away more of our secret sauce. Sometimes somebody's eyes are closed or the picture doesn't turn out right. or You know, so those don't necessarily make it to Facebook. But what you see on Facebook is just a sample of jackpot winners. Plus, we've got jackpots on the tables, right? You can play the side game progressives. And we've paid three hundred, we paid a $380,000 jackpot a month or so ago on the tables. Hey, come win this car tomorrow night at the Saracen. Mercedes. It's not just about the size of the meat, it's about where you get it from. So get it from Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Kane is in the building. Their time is done. It's over. Over? Did you say over? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. Call Kenny Loggins because you're in the danger zone. I play real sports. I'm trying to be the best at exercising. It's time for three and out. It's been three hours and we are... Boom. Out of here. All right. It is time for three and out. A few headlines, a few storylines, a few things that we got to dive into I thought I kept reading this story to think it was maybe an old story or maybe it was something that uh, you know was just uh, an update. But we've talked about like Georgia football and the amount of guys that's gotten caught speeding and, and the problems. Well, Georgia defensive lineman was cited for speeding in Franklin County on Monday morning and has been booked at the Clark County Jail. Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, who's a redshirt sophomore, was cited at 9:34 in the morning driving 90 and a 70. And he is, uh, of course, gotten the citation for a failure to appear and then got arrested for it. So I looked at it, I was like, this is now the 15th time that this has happened. Under, like, I don't, what is happening over there in Georgia? Like, is it just something to where the, there's just the, maybe the gravity is making the feet hit the accelerator more? I'm not sure, but it, it's one thing if it's a couple of times, because we know kids do a lot of dumb things in college, we all did. But when you're having this many issues with speeding in that program especially with what that tragedy happened uh, just a year ago something's got to change and something's got to be changed now but i just do not understand why this keeps happening over with the university of georgia athletes an update on joe burrow so head coach says that 
Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, he says that Joe Burrow is going to be out several weeks with that calf strain, oh, so it could carry over into the beginning of the regular season. And as far as the Bengals' schedule, the first game they play is against the Browns on the road, and then week two would be against the Ravens at home. But a couple of division games to open the season. Didn't say how long exactly, but said it's likely that it's several weeks. Mm, yeah, I hate hate hearing that, and hopefully it's not uh, for too long. But uh, yeah, hopefully they just got to get the rehab going on that. Uh, also, in uh, some other uh, sports news, especially with Major League Baseball, a couple of items. Uh, the White Sox fire sale continues. Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly are traded to the Dodgers. So Joe Kelly's going back to the Dodgers. And uh, Kendall Graveman has uh, gone to Houston. So a few things happening in there as far as the trade block goes. And also, I thought this was pretty fascinating because I love seeing television ratings and attendance numbers. But overall, the MLB attendance is up 9% this season, which is the highest increase in attendance since the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa home run chase. So... Uh, we'll see what television ratings look like when it's all said and done. But as far as people showing up to baseball games, the attendance has not been higher, at least as the biggest increase in about 25 years. So kudos to Major League Baseball. Logan Paul and KSI, they're a couple of guys who were YouTubers at one time. And they were said to pioneer the influencer boxing trend. They are going to box on the same card October 14th in Manchester, England. Now, they aren't going to box each other, which they have in the past. And KSI won one of those fights. And uh, then they fought to a majority draw on another occasion. And the last time Jake uh, Logan Paul fought was in 2021 against Floyd Mayweather. So he's making his way back into the ring. So speaking of that, it's funny because KSI, I, I never really watched Jake Paul, but I watched KSI when he was on YouTube. And it just still blows my mind that I like this is where they're at and this is where he's at. Like it's a guy just making like funny videos and playing video games and stuff, and now he's boxing, and that's like where his uh, amount of money comes in. But if you're a content creator, there's no better way to make a, a lot of money than uh, in, the, in the fighting, especially in boxing, especially against marquee matchups. Too. They have so. an energy drink. Also, they have a company with a drink called Prime, which is the official energy drink of UFC. So imagine the money that's coming in for both these guys for that that energy drink. How do they not have Deion Sanders as a spokesperson, too? Like, I mean, this makes too much sense, right? Yeah, yeah. But the money that we're talking about money, that'd be (laughs) a lot of money paid to Prime and tied to that. Yeah, well, hey, listen. And and then, who knows, if they brought it to his attention, he may say, hey, hold on now. (laughs) Copyrights on that. Yeah, that's like you're going to have to owe me a lot of percentage if uh, that's going to be the case. Uh, So a pretty funny little uh, quote from the Big Ten Media Days where Ohio State's Cade Stover, who is uh, a big lineman there for Ohio State, and he's talking about NIL and Apparently, he's been doing really well. And the reporter actually asked him, how much would you estimate that you've made in NIL? And he says, quote, money-wise, I don't know. I'd rather get paid in tractors, to be honest with you. So he, he wishes that there's uh, more about the tractors. Big tractor guy, him. And, of course, uh, uh, what the, the guy that won the uh, Brian Harmon also was a big tractor guy. So these uh, these players, these athletes, they, they need their tractors. They want their tractors. And, no different in the NIL. So hook this man up with a tractor, folks, up there in Ohio State. That's what he wants. You have to imagine that the companies that sell that type of equipment, with the the type of attention they're getting right now, they're welcoming that. Absolutely. They're like, yeah, bring it on. Absolutely. Now, uh, we had a story about Drake yesterday and uh, having certain things thrown on the stage, and it seems to be a trend now with him. We've seen in the past with people getting phones thrown on stage, but it's taken off where Drake is getting bras thrown on stage. Now, this is something that's happened at concerts throughout, you know, time, but it seems like with Drake now, this is becoming a trend, and it was 36G yesterday, and that was at Barclays in Brooklyn. Well, it's been topped, and oh. uh, listen to what Drake had to say about it. I can see him, too. I know it's real. Now, the 46G has me, has me up tonight. And that was at Madison Square Garden. So you go from 36G to now 46G. 
It's never going to stop. It's just get every show. There's going to just be something more, something more. People are going to start having it done just to get out there and get the attention from it. So I guess it's become the latest trend, more trends to have, I guess, at your concerts. Uh, speaking of concerts, Taylor Swift, they, again, just it's so ridiculous and they're unstoppable and it's for the fans and everything that go along with it, too. But in Seattle, Taylor Swift fans caused seismic activity equivalent to a 2.3 magnitude earthquake during the Eras Tour in Seattle. And the Swift Quake, as it's been now compared to the Beast Quake, when Seattle Seahawks fans erupted after the impressive touchdown from Marshawn Lynch, the ensuing celebration was detected on the local, the same local seismometer as the Swift concert, and it is real. I don't understand it. I don't. Maybe there's something about Seattle where it has more of an ability to, to get to that point, but between the two... I would think that the Beast Mode run was a lot cooler than the Taylor Swift concert, but those Swifties, man, they like to make noise, and apparently they like to start earthquakes. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt have an agreement in their legal battle over a French winery. So the agreement is to have mediation as a means to settle the dispute, which it potentially could be a big development in their bitter legal battle. And this all started because Brad claims that Angelina double-crossed him by secretly selling her interests in the winery to begin with. Mm. Also, with uh, this Barbie movie that everybody's been seeing, it's highly successful, and I knew this was going to happen. It happens with every movie when it comes to sequels and whatnot, but not just sequels, but apparently the CEO of Mattel has high hopes to where they're wanting to turn it into a cinematic universe, like the Avengers and Marvel, like the DC universe, like comic books. One is enough. We ever wanted to do a, I'm like, listen, just it's Barbie. I don't know what else you want to do or how you would do it, but just let's just settle down before we go into the cinematic universes. Make a second one that might be decent, and then let's talk. But right now, let's, let's cool with the talk. And it's not a kid's movie. There are plenty of kids that go see this movie, and there are certain things about the movie that they're not going to understand. Right. Just relax. There's a man in the UK who was accused of stealing $40,000 worth of Cadbury cream (laughs) eggs. Now, this is something that usually around Easter, you see these, they're really popular, and this guy, $40,000 worth of Cadbury cream eggs. You wonder what the amount of eggs, it uh, looks like it's 200,000. That's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. And also, uh, pretty exciting stuff. Looks like Bucky's, the gas station, the famous one that's so huge. Looks like it's going to be coming to the Benton area, according nice. to reports. So how about that? Getting some bris- uh, bre- briskets, <laughs> breakfast, tacos. Perfect way to end the show. Appreciate everybody listening in. For Joe Franklin, I'm John Neighbor. Same sports show, same sports channel next Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Throw Brewing's Block on the Rock 10th Annual Birthday Bash benefiting Preserve Arkansas is this Saturday, July 29th. Stone's Throw Brewing is shutting down Rock Street and having a big old party. Food trucks, beer from Stone's Throw, and other Arkansas breweries, and live music featuring big damn horns. $10 gate admission or $75 for VIP. Visit Stone's Throw Brewing on Facebook or stonethrowbeer.com for more details and to purchase tickets.